How many of you love getting up this morning? Oh, it was just amazing to get up. Oh. Why don't they do daylight savings on a Monday? Why is it on a Sunday? I saw um, somebody had done a, a, a meme. I don't know if any of you are still like this. You know, our phones just automatically. How many of you, though, it's in your head? Is my phone really going to go, you know, and it was somebody looking at their phone at 2 a.m.? So I always have the oven to set, the microwave, and then I have our clock in the back, and then um, usually a car as well, too. But look at somebody and say, you made it, right? You made it. All right. Well, well good. Well, a um, couple things there. In fact, uh, food ministry yesterday, I want to throw up a couple pictures uh, as we do. And somebody mentioned uh, today as well, too. Um, somebody had asked me about, hey, did we ever get the bike to the lady? And I know I've mentioned this several times. I'm like, yes. In fact, it's probably been a month and a half ago that we were able to give the bike to the, the lady and her daughter. They're actually coming now to the Chinese church. She rides six miles come. So uh, anyway, so let's show a couple of pictures, guys, right here. First one that I want to show up. So this is yesterday before everything gets started. So before they're even handing out food, these are the people that are already in there seated. You probably can't see, and I saw it on the image earlier, is the couple that uh, are pastors that are here from Beijing that coming to, you know, really coming to Bible college and coming to California and the expense of everything, this has been a blessing to them. The next one is, I think, some of the happy people serving yesterday on the inside before they all get started. And I believe all the way at the back is Pastor Stephanie, so you don't miss her, uh, and the pup uh, that's in there as well, too. Then the next one is, now we do, uh, in fact, we do this each and every time, and now we have carts because people come in with a little box, and then the next thing they know, it's this massive box. So we help them to their, their cars. The gentleman on the left in the gray shirt, uh, him and his wife came and served yesterday. And I did their wedding back in September. And so they wanted to come and be a part. So Curtis is out there. And I heard a story. I need to verify it from Curtis. But I heard an 80-year-old lady was trying to get his phone number. She thought he was pretty cute. So I think <laughs> so I need to verify that. Uh, so we're not doing that at Food Outreach, right? We're not setting up. And, um, and then I think one of the last pictures here, yeah, the famous toy bucket. So we have a bucket full of toys for the kids, and they know it. How many of you remember going to the dentist or the doctor when you were little, and you got like a lollipop, and sometimes there was like a little toy, and you were looking forward to that. And if you got a shot, sometimes you got a bigger toy. Well, they always looked forward to the toy. I think that was the last one, right? I don't think there's any more. So uh, anyways, 400, and Stephen had told me right before, 417 people that would be fed, and those that sign in individually were 130, 144 signed in, plus kids that come, other family members that come. So anyways, we do this uh, unto Jesus. We're doing it unto him. The prayer that we heard from yesterday, people that were prayed for, people that said pain had left their knee, all of those type of things that are going on. So anyways, awesome. We're, we're doing it unto the Lord. Yesterday, in fact, I was disappointed that I didn't get a chance to come. I usually don't miss, and I make sure in my schedule not to, but I was at a pastor's meeting at Burbank with Pastor Alexander Pashenko. Some of you might remember him and his family came in June from Russia, 
In fact, really kind of uh, after the war had kind of broke out, they were in Armenia for three months trying to get out of the U.S. So that's him. And, and I, I usually don't throw my photo up in there, but the one that was just him didn't come out. Uh, so I wanted to give this testimony. Uh, so they've started at the Agura um, Hills Foursquare Church. They started reaching out to Russian and Ukrainian. Well, there's an issue going on, as you know, between Russia and Ukraine. Reaching out to Ukrainians, they don't want to hear any language in Russian. Interesting. The Russians are even a little sensitive about coming around because of how they feel they might be treated with the Ukrainians. So it really kind of took them by, you know, hard to pray about how do we reach out to people. He is Ukrainian. His wife is Russian. So they started a uh, prayer night to open up to Ukrainian families to pray for Ukraine. 60 people showed up on the very first one, right? So this is going to be an ongoing uh, for them. So he's having, again, he's Ukrainian, and the dialects are different. The familiarity to us would be Spanish and Portuguese, right? There's a little bit of a different wording. So I wanted us to pray for him and his family as well, too. And so, Lord, we thank you for Pastor Alexander, Lord, his wife, his son, his daughter. And, Lord, uh, as they're praying, I thank you that they are led by the Holy Spirit on exactly what to do. We pray the walls are broken down between Russians speaking, between Ukrainian families. And, Lord, that they understand that in Christ we are one together. Lord, I thank you for the work. Let him be encouraged today that you are moving in his midst. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. His daughter got into the U.S. a couple months ago. Took her nine months. She was in Turkey for nine months getting all of her visa stuff in line to come. So continue to pray uh, for them as well, too. Uh, okay, one verse for our tithes and offerings today. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Find somebody right next to you that's cheerful. Everybody got like a smile? On their, all right. Some of them might be trying still this morning. All right. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, right? A cheerful giver. Giving to the Lord is that opportunity that we're giving back to him. So let's say this prayer. We do this each week. Would you pray this prayer that's on the screen individually with a cheerful heart in our giving today? Let's pray this together. As I give in today's offering, I give because, God, you first gave to me. You have given me your love and your forgiveness. You have given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. That is what makes me a cheerful giver to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're giving today in service, there is an envelope in the seat back pocket. You can place that envelope in the giving slot on the wall. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online, or you can find our P.O. box address and give by mail. Look at somebody and smile at them. Cheerful, right? Cheerful. Awesome. Well, grab your Bibles, if you would, with me and open to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. My title today is The Test. How many of you, when you were in school, you loved it when the teacher said, there's going to be a test Friday. Anybody honest? 
Oh, got a few. Uh, some of you straight A, 5.2 grade point average. You didn't have that when I was back in school, right? It was A through F. You didn't have 4.9, 5 point something. Well, we're going to look today in Jesus' life and really before ministry, after he's baptized with the Holy Spirit, he doesn't initially go and do miracles. He doesn't initially go and um, preach. What he does is he's going to be tested. But I want to read this one verse in John chapter 16, verse 7. John 16, 7. We looked at this, and this is Jesus' words to the disciples. In fact, we read some of these very uh, familiar ones in 14, 15, and 16, but he says this in verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So let me read this in Luke chapter 4. I want to read verse 1 through 15. And we read verse 1, and I want to read 1, and then we'll stop for a minute. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. So being filled with the Spirit, we'll look at that verse after baptism, and was led by the Spirit where? Into the wilderness. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Let's read that verse, exactly what Jesus said in the red. Ready? It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil, taking him on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Let's read that one in red uh, for just a minute. You may have to back up. All right. Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. Now, here's where the devil shifts gears. Jesus keeps saying it is written. So what does the devil say? For it is written. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they shall bear you up 
lest you dash your foot against a stone. The exact words out of Psalm 91. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Father, we stop. We thank you that we see in the life of Jesus, this ministry, that he is being filled with your spirit. He's being led. And Lord, we run into these times of testing, temptation. But Father, we rely and we remember the advantage that we have in the power of your spirit. So teach us today, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. How many of you remember a lot of the shows uh, that are on TV? In fact, some of the old ones, Survivor. Remember the show Survivor? Does anybody still watch Survivor? I actually had to look this up. Survivor is in its 44th season. I remember uh, one of the first episodes because we were directing camp in 1998 in uh, North Carolina. That's how long ago this Survivor's been on. And one of the things we find out in culture is people are fascinated watching people survive. There was another show that came on uh, after that. It was called Survivor Man. Anybody remember that one? And it was a guy that would go out to an extreme location all by himself, no camera crew, nothing, with his own cameras. And usually his team would give him like um, a little piece of a protein bar or they'd give him a little fruit cup or so something like that. He had to survive the entire time. That was pretty fascinating, but has any of you ever tried that before? You know, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go up and I'm going to take cameras. We've never done that. There's all of these shows, Man versus Wild. That's kind of been the newest one. You know, Survivor Man was um, six, well, Survivor Man was 51 episodes. Man versus Wild did seven seasons, and that guy eats all the wild stuff. Oh, we found a sheep's head that is like mummified. Let's eat the eyeball. Like he would do like crazy crazy things. So here's what I looked up. I found out worldwide there are 209 shows that all pertain about people surviving. But we're more fascinated in watching that than having to experience it. Because it's in certain tests and in certain things that we don't like those things. We'll, we'll watch it through somebody else, but having to endure it, we don't want to do that. But when we read this verse last week, and I want to read it again, Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 23. In fact, the closing song uh, that we did had this emphasis in it. Luke 3, 21 through 23. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized. And while he prayed, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son. In you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself began his ministry at about 30 years of age, being, as it was supposed, a son of Joseph, a son of Heliel. 
Here again we see God the Father speaking, God the Son being baptized, and God the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus. God in three persons. Think about this. God is a person. He's not a cosmic energy. He's a person. And we see this displayed upon Jesus. And yet again, Jesus doesn't go and teach right away. Jesus doesn't go and heal right away. The first thing he doesn't do is go walk on water. The very first thing the Spirit's leading is to be tempted. Now when we look at his temptation and we look at what Satan tries to do to him, I, I throw these two categories out and I thought about this. He's actually going to do and to fulfill and break everything where Adam and Eve failed. But think about the difference. Adam and Eve lived in the Garden of Eden. That's God's garden. In fact, what we probably look at the scriptures because Adam named the animals, all those animals out there are probably pretty nice, right? Everybody seems he's naming them, they're probably pretty nice. There's plenty of food. Take Jesus on the other hand, he doesn't get to go to a garden. He's in a wilderness, a dry place. Depending on the season, extreme heat or extreme cold. But Adam and Eve had each other. They were helpmates. The Bible tells us two are better than one. Jesus was all alone. But I have to say, was he? Was he all alone? He wasn't alone. But Adam and Eve had one another. Put that apple down. What are you doing? Right? Don't touch that. We look at plenty of food in the Garden of Eden versus Jesus is fasting. And what's interesting is Satan does the same thing to both. He wants to imply for both of them, Adam and Eve and Jesus, to doubt God's words. Satan wants them to exalt themselves. To Adam and Eve, you'll be like God. You'll know good from evil. To Jesus, right? Look at the, the whole world in a snapshot of time. And Jesus could have thought, I won't have to suffer. I won't have to go through all of this. Everybody will like me if I do this. Everybody will like me. Throw yourself down from the pinnacle, right? Show who you really are that you trust in the word. But Jesus didn't do that. In fact, Jesus says this in Luke 14, 11. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. But whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Just thinking about Jesus' first temptation, turn the stones to bread. How many of you have done like um, a no-carb diet before? Anybody done where you don't eat bread? Only a couple of us have tried that. Got a few times to try that. Somebody invites you out to dinner, and you know if you go to that place, it's going to be a hot loaf of sourdough bread and butter. <laughs> Can we go somewhere else? Or they invite you out, and you know it's going to be a big old box of chips and salsa, right? And you're trying to do no carb. Have you ever gone to a Mexican food restaurant and passed on the chips and salsa? No way, right? No way. You start with that. You ever pass on the sourdough bread? No, no, no way. But here's what's interesting with Jesus. 40 days, 40 days of fasting. You know, that's almost six weeks. Almost six weeks. 
We read in Matthew that he fasted 40 days. We read a different picture in Mark. You know, we read in Luke, you know, it kind of gives us a picture that maybe the devil uh, tempted him the whole 40 days. Maybe it was at the very end. I kind of get a picture that it was at his weakest point that you say, turn the bread to stone. 40 days without eating. Some of you are thinking right now, you're looking at the clock and you're wondering what you're going to eat for lunch, right? Many of that's how we think for Jesus, right? Turn the stones to bread. We read in Romans chapter 5, verse 19, that every test that Adam and Eve failed is the test that Jesus packed back. The Apostle Paul says this, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, but also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. So we're ultimately judged either by um, the sins and the rebellion of Adam or we get judged in the righteousness in Christ, right? Well, I choose to be judged in the righteousness in Christ. But Luke's going to show us this as we go on. Luke's going to show us the continual guidance of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is, is now in partnership with. In fact, what's interesting is we read before that he's filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So we know this, that the Spirit can lead us in both seasons. A season of being in a wilderness and temptation, or the one we love, green pastures. But it's the Spirit's power that gives us direction. And he's tested again for those almost those six weeks. You know, many times I think if I'm frustrated in my life about something, maybe I'm in a season of temptation that I'm not allowing the Spirit's power to give me direction. Because Jesus knew what to say even at his weakest point. You know, we read that word tempted, which means tested. But we also read that word tested is a Greek word that lets us know that Jesus was being examined at that time. Would he pass this test? Now, you might think, oh, that was easy for him. He's son of God, right? No, not easy for him at all. You know, I remember um, Pastor Sam Nicholas when we would do the, um, in February, he'd host a men's event here. And I remember the very first one, we were praying for different men. And one of the men came down to me and he says, I, I need you to pray for me. He said, um, every time I drive down the 605 freeway and I see a gentleman's club billboard, I get off at that exit and I go to the gentleman's club. And I'm thinking, I drive the 605 freeway too. I never see a billboard. Well, that's not a temptation to me, but to him it was. In fact, and it, and it was one of the things, real easy, don't take the freeway, right? But we might think about that of the guy sees a billboard in Pulso. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There is a, a temptation. In fact, the honesty of somebody wanting to be prayed for because seeing something like that tempted him, not just in a temptation, but to physically get off and go. We don't think the temptation is real, then we're really being fooled. If we don't think that Jesus' temptation was real, then we're fooled. In fact, that word testing really is testing the believer's loyalty. 
testing their strength. What are we made of in sometimes our weakest times? It really, again, that testing determines what are the things that are going on inside of us. You know, many times temptation or testing can come and we pass it off and it's easy to pass off. But sometimes we camp out, we build a house. And that's not what the Lord wants to have planned. He wants to see us through that. So Jesus's temptations uh, were real temptations. In fact, exactly by the things that we get tempted to. But he had the power to overcome much greater pressure or temptation than you and I ever will. We look at the very first one, verse 3 and 4 of uh, Luke 4, that shows us that Jesus took power over the lust of the flesh. Turn stones to bread. Jesus, uh, supply your own needs. I'm going to turn this chair. I'm hungry. I'm going to turn that chair to bread. Supply your own need. Jesus took authority of the lust of the eyes. Seeing all of the kingdoms of the world in a snapshot that the devil said, I'll give them to you. All of the thoughts of people won't hate me. People won't beat me. I won't have to carry the cross. I won't have to suffer on the cross. But he didn't take that opportunity, the lust of the eyes. The pride of life. The devil's taunt me again to throw myself off. You know, I'm going to show him, right? I'm going to show him, and I'm going to show how the angels, he overcame even that, even when the devil himself quoted scripture. Can that be a shock to us, that the devil can quote scripture? And that's why it's important for us to know God's word. Matthew chapter 4, verse 11 says this. Then the devil left him, and behold... Angels came and ministered to him. We're going to see that even in the life and ministry of Jesus, that at some of the weakest points, we see angelic beings coming to minister him, ministering that strength, that word to him. In fact, Mark uh, says it this way, that he was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan with wild beasts. Okay? With wild beasts, but the angels ministered to him. Adam and Eve didn't have the wild beasts after them. Well, Jesus had that concern. I know I tell this story a lot. The littlest spider in our home to our family turns into the wild beast, right? That's going to eat me through the night, this little tiny spider, right? It's going to drink all of our blood if we, Dad, if you don't kill it. Well, Jesus has this concern But again, angels ministered to him. In the Garden of Gethsemane, angels ministered to him. Uh, Understanding that even at our most weakest points, we are never, ever, ever alone. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. When I come to Jesus, he was tempted in the exact same way that I get tempted. Yet he didn't blow it. He didn't blow it. So I come to him as my high priest. In fact, verse 16 says, For me 
to come boldly to the throne of grace, to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Eric read this verse a couple weeks ago, 1 Corinthians 19, 13. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be not that you may be able to bear it. Notice the temptation is common to man, which lets us know that there are evidently other temptations out there that are not allowed to be used on us. It's the same thing, right? The same battle. Interesting that most sports and, and other fields always have a testing opportunity. Um, whatever sport you might play usually has some type of week to find out who's not going to make it, right? Cuts, they call it. Businesses have interviews. Everybody's testing to find out what's on the inside of you. But we need to know this, that God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. So that means the next time a temptation or something seems to overtake you, it's not impossible. But our direction has to always be back to God in Jesus's example, the word. In fact, James 4, 7 says this, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. That sounds so simple, doesn't it? But how many of you know that many times is a battle, but we need to remember that verse, resist. Resist. Don't put yourself in a position. We first started our men's breakfast. We were going to be going to Paco's, which is the Mexican food restaurant right around the corner. They changed their name recently. And there was a gentleman in the church that came up that Sunday at the end, and he says, I won't be going uh, on the men's breakfast. And I said, oh, no, no problem. Uh, he said, do you want to know why? Yeah, yeah, why? He says, because that was the bar that I used to go to, and I just don't go in there anymore. I don't want any temptation. I'm not even going to get close to that restaurant. You know what I thought about? There's a man of God, right? Don't put yourself, don't put yourself in a place to be even tempted. Now, you might think, oh, that's weak, right? Because I could go in there, yeah, no, 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 no. Why put yourself in a place of temptation? Why even, why even do that? Resist the devil and he'll flee. You don't need to go to Paco's. You can go somewhere else, right? Find somewhere else that you don't feel there's that temptation. Well, let me encourage you to do this, and I want to close with this way. Um, if you download our notes, on the very end, I wrote something that says, as for me and my house question. So I want you to download the notes and sometime this week, whether you're eating dinner or breakfast together or catching up sometime, maybe there's a question or two that as in your family that you want to ask and talk about this because all of us have different things that we're walking through. And I, I want to read one this week. What scripture will I memorize this week? When's the last time you memorized a scripture? You know, if I'm in a store and I hear a certain song of the band Journey, 
I'm taken back to an eighth grade dance, and I'm dancing with Cosette. And I remember what I'm, I never remember what I wear. Women always know what they wore like 16 years ago. I don't even remember what I had on yesterday. I have to look at a picture of what I had on. But I can remember back that I was wearing a sport coat and I was wearing a turtleneck because there was like this police show that I watched and this guy had a turtleneck on and I was so hot and sweaty, but I'm dancing to a Journey song. How can I remember that? Why am I taken back to eighth grade? Well, we notice that the strength that Jesus had, he found in the word of God. That was his strength. So I'll encourage you, whatever temptation it might be, go find not only a verse, but find some verses that you're going to memorize, that maybe you put up somewhere in your home, that you have that anchor. That's, that's that anchor that you go back on because what becomes powerful in our lives when there's a, a time of temptation, it's speaking out God's word. What does God say that can become my strength? Jesus knew man shall not live by bread alone, but he knew that man lived by every word of God, right? Bow your heads if you would with me. Father, one of the things that we, we notice in Jesus's most difficult time of temptation, and we can't imagine going almost six weeks without eating anything. But one of the things we noticed that Jesus was praying and he was fasting. When the temptation was severe, he quoted the word of God. When the temptation seemed extreme, he came back on your word. And we know this, that Jesus was never alone. Jesus was never Lord, I thank you by your Holy Spirit that we are empowered to be overcomers, overcomers. But we come back to the word of God in our hearts, out of our mouths, because that's where the power is. So, Lord, I pray today over all of us that we search your scriptures, that we memorize your word, that we repeat your word so that our ears can hear it, our eyes can see it, that our mouth says it because it becomes part of us, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Lord, I pray today, anybody that seems overcome by temptation, Lord, we remember James, resist the devil and he will flee. And so, Father, we take your peace and your life upon us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember today, don't let the day go that you don't find a verse or two or three or four. Look, at your neighbor needs about six chapters. To, no, don't tell them that, right? <laughs> that you don't take time to memorize, right, a verse of the Lord. Well, the Lord bless you. You made it. Daylight savings. We all made it. We all made it. Bless somebody before you go. Look forward to seeing you throughout the week. God bless you. Have a great day.